You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. Welcome into the Late Night Gamecocks show. My name is Matt Anderson, and I am your host for all things Gamecocks After Dark. I apologize for a bit of delay. Um, I fully meant to get this episode recorded yesterday, which would have been Thursday, August 24th, but I'm actually recording this on Friday, August 25th is what today would be. So um, sorry for a little bit of delay. I've been working with Phil. Phil's going to be posting these um, more frequently and kind of being the the guy in charge of getting these out there into the world for for all of your listening pleasure. Um, had a conversation with Phil last night. We agreed to push everything back until today. So excited to be here with you. Uh, we are right on the cusp of Gamecock football season. Gamecock football season will kick off a week from tomorrow. So really excited there. We'll, um, we'll have at least one episode next week where we kind of talk about the North Carolina matchup, maybe an overall season preview. But um, today on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about um, recruiting. Not much, not much, but we're going to highlight um, the offense. So I'm going to go through everybody who I feel like has a chance to contribute from an offensive standpoint for South Carolina this year. And we'll just break down everything I've heard through summer, through fall, uh, through the scrimmages. Uh, a lot of the stuff we've talked about before, so I, won't, I really don't want to belabor the point here too much. But I did want you to have an opportunity to hear from me firsthand, you know, what I'm hearing, what I'm thinking. So with all that out of the way, I just want to remind everybody that you can reach me at late night show at gmail.com. Or if you're a member of the Big Spur message boards, you can find me under the username Matt Anderson, where I'm on the message board throughout the day. I'm always around to answer questions. Um, if you have any specific questions, you can always just start a thread titled Matt Anderson, like some posters did the other day, or you can um, reach me directly via the direct message function. Real quick, if you're not a member of the bigspur.com and you're kind of thinking about you know, hopping on and, and giving the message board life a try, I, I couldn't recommend it more. I know that there are special promotions going on right now. There's going to be promotions as we kick off the regular season, and, and now is the best time to get in because if you go ahead and and sign up now for an annual subscription. That'll that'll carry you through this football season and get you through uh, the December recruiting recruiting um, stretch and the signing day in December, and then also for signing day in February. So now's the perfect time to hop on the BigSpur.com if you haven't already. So we're going to start off with the most important position on the field, which is quarterback. Uh, you're most of the time, unless you have a truly elite, elite defense where your quarterback can be more of a game manager, uh, you're, every season kind of starts and ends when it comes to success at the quarterback position. So we're going to start out with QB1, Spencer Rattler. Obviously, you guys didn't need me to tell you that Spencer is quarterback one for the Gamecocks right now. And I don't know what more I can say about Spencer Rattler at this point. And I don't want to spend a heck of a lot of time talking about him on this show here today because I just spent a ton of time talking about him on last show. So if you haven't listened to the last episode of the Late Night Gamecock Show, I highly recommend you go back and, and listen to that episode. We start out maybe the first 10 minutes talking about Spencer Rattler and Dowell Loggins and the offense and, and what those two are doing together. But, you know, let's do 30 seconds here on Spencer. I can just tell you that Spencer is locked in. He and Dowell Loggins are on the same page. 
Spencer's really comfortable with the scheme, and he knows he has the weapons this year to potentially have a big year in the passing department and offense in general. Dowell Loggins has given Rattler a lot of say-so in this offense, and it's been night and day in practice and scrimmages so far when compared to last year at the same point in time. And really for the majority of the season last year, I mean, think back, you know, game one through the Florida game last year, it was just really a mess on offense. And we didn't really get to see it, get a chance to see the, the real Spencer Rattler. And I don't think it's hyperbole at all to say that South Carolina has never had a quarterback with the pure arm talent of Spencer Rattler. He has a chance to unlock his full potential this year. And I think the entire offense can be boiled down to Spencer Rattler. I'm expecting big things from him. He's really just got to cut out the turnovers. He had too many interceptions last year, and too many of those interceptions were just poor decisions where I don't know. I mean, I'm not in Spencer's head. I can't tell you you what he was was thinking about when he made some of these throws. Was it pressure coming from behind him? Was it trying to force something when he he could have just thrown it out of bounds or or, taken a couple yards himself? I don't know. But what I do know is that there's a huge emphasis this year on cutting down those turnovers. And if they're able to do that, I think the Gamecocks have a chance to have a great offensive season. So maybe that was a little longer than 30 seconds on Spencer, but he does deserve that time. Quarterback two right now, that would be Luke Doty. And this is well documented as well. Luke is just a, a guy that's just the a consummate teammate. He's likely the next man up early in the season if, God forbid, something happened to Spencer. Knocking on wood right now. Um, He's taking some reps at wide receiver this fall, and I think that we're going to see some creative packages for Doty to get on the field, lined up at wide receiver, maybe lining up at quarterback and and running out wide and and maybe some wildcat stuff. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I just know that they, they they do want Doty to be involved in some capacity. And this, this is long-term stuff I'm about to talk about. And when I say long-term, I mean next season. And I think Luke technically has another year after next season, if my math is right, on the injury red shirt, the COVID red shirt, and, and all of that stuff. But um, I think he's going to play more wide receiver as his career kind of unfolds. You know, I don't, I don't think he's looking to leave South Carolina. He's a Gamecock. I know he wants to get that degree from South Carolina. And who knows what, what an option for him might be you know, potentially in a transfer portal, but he's one, he's one of the guys that I would love to see a Gamecock for his career just because he's just the best teammate in the world. He's the best kid in the world, and I have nothing but respect for Luke Doty. But, you know, I think that if Doty played more wide receiver, just based on what he was able to accomplish in high school, his athleticism, his ability to kind of see the field as a quarterback, I could see him being very successful at wide receiver if that's something that he wanted to do. Um, and look, I'm just here to say, like, this is not something that I've heard. I have not heard that this is, you know, a long-term plan for Luke Doty. I know that he is a great quarterback, and he can play quarterback this year and keep the offense moving. He, he, is, he is good enough to do that. He's a great quarterback. Um, I'm not going to say elite, and maybe I should say good quarterback, but he would be an SEC starter, and I don't think that the Gamecocks' offense would go off the rails with Luke Doty at the helm. But, but he isn't Rattler, and there aren't a lot of Rattlers out there. And Luke knows that, you know, from a pure arm talent standpoint – you know, he just doesn't have the same arm that Rattler does. But, you know, at this point in Luke Doty's career, it's one of those things where, you know, what is the best way to get on the field, number one? Do I want to play quarterback? If I want to play quarterback, am I going to be able to play quarterback at South Carolina? Because the next two guys that I'm going to talk about, 
are younger, really good prospects, and I could potentially see a scenario where they, they could jump Luke Doty in the quarterback kind of shuffle next year. The first guy I'm going to talk about is a guy that's been consistently running as the third quarterback on the on the three on the three deep, I guess you should say, the depth chart, but also getting some reps at at QB two in scrimmages, and that's that's Lenora Sellers. So first and foremost, I'm I'm just going to tell you, Lenora Sellers is special. He's really really special, and I try not to get too ahead of my skis on a lot of these kind of comparisons and and you know projecting players that have never played a college snap outside of a spring game, but. He just checks every box. He processes information quickly. He knows how to go through his reads. He has the arm talent to make every throw in the book. He can run both on design runs and scrambles, and his football IQ really is off the chart. I think him playing soccer really helped because, you know, when, when he runs, he, especially when he kind of runs out, to, out, out wide and then, you know, turns up field, he just has a way with his footwork to get defenders a little – a little off off step on their end, and and once they make that first first move, you know he knows exactly where he needs to go, and he can plant his foot and turn up field and get and get a lot of yards. So I think him playing soccer really helped. You're talking about a kid that can squat 600 pounds, strong as an ox. The comparison the comparisons I hear around the building are Cam Newton. I'm gonna let that sink in for a second, and this is again not. Not, not hyperbole. This is just what people think. You know, a mix between a Cam Newton, he's got that kind of it factor Deshaun Watson did from Clemson, and you guys are going to hate me saying that, but he's just a guy that wins, and he wins in a lot of different ways. So I've heard some Cam Newton. I've heard some Deshaun Watson with, you know, better wheels, stronger than Deshaun Watson. That's, that, that's really high praise. Um, now, is he ready to be the guy right now? No, I don't think so. But I think sitting this year behind Spencer Rattler will be a godsend for Lenore Sellers and in, in, in his career at South Carolina because he's just absorbing everything right now. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he's the starting quarterback next season. I would actually project him to be the starting quarterback next season, assuming that Spencer Rattler doesn't use his last year of eligibility next year, which I don't think he will. But I think he's a guy that can just set a lot of records at South Carolina from – you know, a passing standpoint, a win standpoint. I, I, I try not to get you know too much over my skis, but just telling you, Lenore Sellers is special. I think he's going to have some packages this season, maybe like Tim Tebow, when Tim Tebow would come in for Chris Leak the year that, they, that Florida won the national title. I, I don't know. I can't remember if Deshaun Watson had special packages at Clemson. I know that Cam Newton just kind of burst on the scene at Auburn and never looked back, but. Uh, like I said a little while ago, I do think that Doty would be the first guy up you know, in the season if something happened to Spencer. Again, knocking on wood. But long-term this season, I think that Sellers will be the quarterback number two behind the scenes, if not on the depth chart, sooner rather than later. Because I think that Sellers, you know, with some time and getting acclimated to, to college football and SEC and you know, watching from the sidelines and picking things up and doing more scrimmages and more practice, I think that he would be the, the guy that gives the Gamecocks the best chance to win as many games as possible in that type of scenario. And, and quarterback four right now is Tanner Bailey, and Tanner is a really talented kid. I mean, the kid can really spin it. He's got a great arm. He can make a lot of throws, all the throws really. And you know, one of the things that, that he has is a quick processor. I, I'm, I've been told to kind of compare him to – um, 
the, the name, I'm just going to say the name, and I hate doing names like this because, you know, you're talking about an NFL Hall of Famer, but uh, the way that Drew Brees was able to kind of see the field, throw a lot of short passes, throw people open, anticipate, Tanner Bailey has a lot of that in him. And, uh, you know, right now, I'm, I can't say for sure that he isn't better than Luke Doty. I can't say for sure that, you know, in the right circumstances and the right kind of offensive system that Tanner Bailey wouldn't be the best quarterback for the Gamecocks, just depending on, you know, what Dowell Loggins wanted to do. But from a from a pure talent and ability standpoint, Tanner Bailey has, checks all the boxes. He's a little shorter, um, you know, more in like that six one, six foot two range, uh, kind of like a Drew Brees, to be honest. But the overall talent level in the quarterback room is really high right now. Um, Tanner Bailey and Lenore Sellers definitely need some some more time to get the little things down. But from pure talent, these guys, you know, could be above average starters in the SEC in time at the quarterback position, but they just need some time. Next year is going to be really interesting because, you know, I really I really believe that this is going to be an open competition between Lenore Sellers and, and Bailey, and, and they're going to go at it for the starting job. Um, Bailey is more talented than most other teams in the country's quarterback four, and I'll just leave it at that. There's a whole other year for growth, you know, maturation, um, the ability for these guys to get better, so... Just don't count out anybody in the quarterback room, and that goes for Luke Doty as well. Uh, the quarterback room's in great in a great great spot, and you know Dante Reno's coming in next year, and 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 he can he can throw the ball too. He's a great looking prospect, maybe on the shorter side like 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 Bailey, but at the same time, I don't think that it's a situation where you know he couldn't get the job done with time. And then potentially you have Ryan Montgomery, Ryan Montgomery, another four star, top twenty four seven composite guy in 2025 who the Gamecocks lead Florida for and and the Gamecocks have made it known to Montgomery that he's their guy in 2025 and then you already have Landon Duckworth committed for 2026 and I've never seen the quarterback room at South Carolina like this Um, just the the amount of really good players in the room and then the pipeline that's coming forward that's that's a recipe for success like I said it all it always starts with the quarterback We'll move on to running back now. It all starts here with DeCarion Joyner. DeCarion is honestly just a, a kid that is kind of blessed with too much athletic ability. And when I say that, you know, he probably should have been a running back his whole time at South Carolina, but he wanted to play quarterback. And when you think about his high school stats, I mean, here's a, here's a kid that put up 10,000 yards passing in high school. But if you go back and watch a lot of his highlights, in, in high school, he was pretty much Mike Vick running around until the defense got tired and the pass catcher broke free for a long game. He has quarterback skills. I mean, he can obviously throw the ball 40, 50 yards down the field. I mean, he can get it there accurately. But, you know, he's never been a guy that's just really going to thread the needle and, you know, make all of his reads and, and sit in the pocket and wait for something to open up. He's just been given too much God-given athleticism, and his instinct is to, is to use it. And... <laughs> You know, sometimes at the quarterback position, you just need somebody that can can take what the defense has given you, stand in there, st- wait that extra half second, that three-fourths of a second, that second to let something open and then fire it off in, inside the pocket. And, you know, that's just not to carry on Joyner at all. Um, you know, he moved to wide receiver. Um, he was still kind of messing around with some quarterback as well. Um, I think it made logical sense because as a quarterback, he kind of knew where he knew all the wide receiver routes. He knew what the plays were. He knew we were supposed to go. And, and the whole idea was to get the ball into carry on his hands because he makes special things happen with it. 
when he has the ball. So I think running back is going to be the best spot for him. I think you put him at running back, you you know, you, you put that ball in his, in his stomach and let him read and react to the defense and, and see what's there. And and he's a guy that's he, he's going to look like a running back this year, and that's not always been the case. Um, when he was playing quarterback and wide receiver, you know, he had to he, – he, I don't want to say he was thin because he was definitely a thick, strong kid at those positions, but he looks like a running back now. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in wait-and-see mode. I want to see it in person before I really full-on believe it, but everything that I've been told is that, you know, he can run through the tackles. He doesn't bounce everything outside. He knows how to get those tough yards. And, heck, all those RPOs he ran in South Carolina, I mean, he has experience in trying to – you know, take the ball and move upfield from from the backfield, from the running back position, the shotgun quarterback position. So um, he understands the game from a quarterback's perspective pre-snap. He, he he can see, you know, what the defense is doing. And I think that this could just be a blessing in disguise for him for everything he's gone through to get this opportunity as a starting running back in South Carolina. I know it's one that he's going to take um, full advantage of. So excited for to carry on. I have high hopes for him. And I hope that this last season in South Carolina really goes out in a bang for him. The second, the second running back on the depth chart would be Juju McDowell right now. And Juju's an electric guy with the ball in his hands. We all know that. But he's just a little small to be you know, a full-time running back. He's not somebody that you can hand the ball off to 15 to 20 times in a game and expect him to you know, wear a defense down. It's actually kind of counter there. He's probably going to wear down before the defense does. So you got to find opportunities to get him – Get him in space. Get him, you know, kind of running, you know, outside. Some reverses, some 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 quick passes. You know, he's been deadly as a receiver out of the backfield as well. So, Juju's going to have a place on this team. He's going to have a. He's going to. He's going to make a lot of big plays. But he's kind of like the ultimate slash type player for me. And you know, we'll see what he does this year. I'm really excited for Juju. I, I mean, I think from a a top two standpoint to carry on and Juju, it's it's good enough. Now, is it elite? No, it's not elite. Is it awesome? No, it's not awesome. But, you know, the Gamecocks are going to be really creative in how they deploy both of those guys this year. And, and you know, they're going to have to get yards. I think Shane Beamer said the other day that, according to Steve Fink over in media or um, in the athletic department office, that the Gamecocks are 12-1 and under Beamer when they've rushed for over 100 yards. So Beamer knows it as well. We're not saying anything that he doesn't know. So. We'll see what happens. I know that they're, they're going to be committed to the run and the pass. I lean more passing than running this year, but there's a lot of different ways that, you know, we talk about like pop passes, reverses, a lot of non-traditional ways to get the ball to, uh, you know, to run it, to running the football and being successful and kind of recreating what a run might look like and still getting yards and keeping the defense honest to be able to go over the top later. Mario Anderson's probably the third guy right now on the depth chart, and, and the, the kid is built like a brick house. But he's still just got to adapt and let the game slow down for him a little bit. I don't know if he's seen everything the way that he probably saw things at Newberry. Uh, definitely a, an increase in talent, an increase in defensive talent in the SEC. And you know, the Gamecocks, while they're going to have a really good defense, I think, you know, there's still better defenses out there. And there's going to be – it's going to take some time for Mario Anderson to get up to speed. I think maybe – same way we talked about Lenore Sellers kind of sitting on the sidelines and, and watching the speed of the game and, and you know, putting them putting themselves in the running backs and, like, looking at it from the running back on the field's perspective or the quarterback on the field's perspective. What are they looking at? What are they seeing? You know, what can I do to, to make this game slow down for me? I think you're going to see him, you know, get be better as the year goes on. 
I think that he's another guy that's going to have his fair share of plays. They're going to have to rely on all three of these guys to carry on Juju and Mario. And, you know, I'm still high on Mario Anderson. I think that he has it from a, an ability standpoint. Just got to click for him. Uh, DJ Braswell, a freshman, um, from an athletic standpoint, you know, he's exactly how you want to draw up a running back. Um, he's fast. He's agile. He's got the home run speed, but his issue right now is that he needs to bulk up and get stronger to kind of take the pounding of an SEC running back. He's probably a year away, I would say, but but he has a bright future. I wish he had the opportunity to redshirt this year and get bigger and stronger before being counted on, you know, next year when you know a lot of this is going to fall on him next year. But with only four guys in the running back room that you really feel like you can you can run out there against an SEC defense. I think that I don't think they're going to be able to redshirt him. I think he's going to he's going to get snaps. He's going to get carries. I think that he'll he'll play on special teams and he's going to get game action this year. So temper your expectations because he's probably a year away. But who knows once the games start and he gets his chance. So running back is a position where, you know, when it clicks, there there's not a whole lot outside of you know pass protection and getting your plays down. It's a lot of reaction and and doing what you've done your entire life, and that's making guys miss when you're carrying that football. So. We'll see what happens with the running back room. Overall, you know, I can't say that the running back room is great, but I think it's going to be good enough. Um, you know, we'll talk about the wide receivers and tight ends next, but I think that those groups, you know, the wide, wide receivers and tight ends, will be good enough that the running backs get some looks that they can take advantage of. And it, it, they, they, I think they're going to get the job done, is what I can say at bottom line. I don't think they're going to wow the world. I don't think they're going to set – you know, rushing records or single game rushing records or single season rushing records for South Carolina or anything like that. But, but I do think that they will be they will be good enough to get the job done. And I don't think it's going to be a limiting factor like it has been for so long at South Carolina. Wide receivers. There's a lot of names here. Um, I'm going to try and talk about all the guys that you know. If I was going to you know, talk to somebody. I want to ask questions about recruits and, you know, former recruits and younger players. So I'm going to try and run through this, you know, pretty quickly, but there are a lot of guys here. You start out with Juice Wells, obviously one of the top, if not the top wide receivers in the, in the South, Southeastern conference in the country at large, a guy that has a lot to prove. He came back to, to get a higher draft slot. NFL wanted to see more than one year on tape. And he's come back, and he's 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 been attacking, you know, all summer. And he's he's kind of banged up right now. They're really taking some precautions with him. I'd say it's, I'm moving it more to like 60-40, 70-30 that he's going to play against North Carolina. Um, yeah, I'll put it this way: they're not going to rush him back and, and risk you know re-injuring himself. And I, I mentioned this on a show a couple weeks ago. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Juice is not ready for North Carolina. I think that they'll likely hold him out of Furman as well just to give him an extra week to get ready for Georgia because with Georgia's defense, they're going to need their best athletes and their best best playmakers on the field as much as possible. So Juice is the number one guy right now when healthy. Um, clearly a guy that, that Spencer has a lot of trust in. They, they're on the same page. They're, they're really locked in together, and they want to do big things together. Um, the number two guy this year I think is going to be Xavier Leggett. Uh, Xavier is – He's done everything right in in summer and fall. He had a really good um, game against Notre Dame to close out last season. All he's done is built on that. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten faster. He's gotten stronger. Uh, he's a big six foot three target, and he's made his fair fair share of plays as a Gamecock. and And I think that he's going to be primed for a big year. I, I don't. 
with what I think Spencer can do, I think that Spencer can support two 1,000-yard receivers this year. And my money on the wide receiver position would be Juice Wells and Xavier Leggett if they do get, you know, two over 1,000. <clears throat> but I think you can lock in Xavier Leggett for 750 to 1,000 yards, maybe more, receiving. And I think he's a, he's a red zone target. He's a field stretcher. He can catch screens and go. He's a, he's a really big weapon and um, really excited for him. Amarion Brown we've talked about. He's really finding his footing, finding his confidence. He, he's fast as lightning. He can really get behind defenses. I mean, little little tiny, but he, he he's a good player. And, and you need guys like Amarion Brown to stretch defenses, take the top off of them, you know, make people, make people commit to, you know, knowing where he is and following him down the field. And, and Amarion is a guy that has a lot of confidence right now. He's really happy at South Carolina and really, really um, likes Dowell Loggins. And, you know, can't say enough about those top three. Um, you know, right now, I don't, I don't think it's a stretch. And I, I might get some flack for this from some folks, but I think South Carolina, and we'll talk more about these wide receivers in a little bit, but between wide receivers and tight ends, I think South Carolina has a top three unit for pass catchers in the SEC this year. I think they have a top three quarterback in the SEC this year. I really think the opportunity is there to have a big season offensively, and I've said it a lot. Um, Talking more about some wide receivers here, um, Eddie Lewis um, kind of banged up right now. He's a really smooth operator. He knows how to play the wide receiver position. He's going to play snaps for South Carolina. He's probably that number four, number five wide receiver at the moment. But he is in the rotation, and he's going to make some plays. I really like Eddie Lewis. I, he knows how to play the game of football, and he, he catches everything that's thrown to him from what I've been told. So you, sometimes you just need those dependable guys, and I think Eddie Lewis can be that. Omega Blake having a big – Big fall practice. He's really taking advantage of Juice being out and Eddie Lewis being a little banged up. He's been running with the starters and the scrimmages and in, and in fall camp, and he's making plays. And you know, he's always been a guy that in practice would would make like a play that just said, "Wow, how the heck did he do that?" But then he would have drop issues on some routine catches. So I think focus for him has always been the biggest thing. And if he can carry over what he's done in the fall, uh, I think that you can see. Um, a little bit of Josh Van and Omega Blake, and really excited to see what he can do. Obviously, Nicholas Harbor, Nick Harbor, we talked about him a lot. Give him time. I think you're going to see him all over the place. You're going to see him taking reverses. You're going to see him lined up in the slot to kind of keep the defense off of him at the line of scrimmage. And and one of the things that you know was brought up to me recently is if you go back and watch Nicholas Harbor's track times and and watch his film on the track and on the track, you know. Obviously, you know, he's running like a 10 100 yards. I mean, that's just ridiculously freaky or 100 meters. But on top of that, if you watch him get out of his breaks, he gets out of his breaks a little slow. And he's usually one of the last people out of, um, you know, onto the track to start running once, once you know, they shoot that little gun off and they start running. But he, that's kind of translated to the football field. He's never played wide receiver before. He's always been a tight end, kind of in space, on the line, defensive end. And he's having to learn – you know how to how to get into his his route, and you know move the the defensive player that's in front of him that's trying to stop him from getting into his route, and it's just going to take time. But he's the coaches love him, the t- his teammates love him. He's a yes sir, no sir. 
He's he's learning. He's working really hard, and it's just a matter of time before he makes a play for the Gamecocks. I could really see him, you know, potentially having four or five touchdowns this year um, on either a long long throw where he just gets behind everybody and Spencer lets it rip or on some reverses when he can just get moving and then, and then just get a corner and he's gone. Like he's that kind of athlete and he's hard to tackle. Um, so excited for Nicholas Harbor. Just give him time. Another freshman, Elijah Caldwell. He's really turning heads. He's going to be in the rotation this year and he's a guy that don't sleep on him. I'm just telling you, don't sleep on Elijah Caldwell. The wide receiver room between Nicholas Harbor and Elijah Caldwell and you know some of these younger guys they're going to have to step up and play. And Elijah Caldwell has done that. He, I mean, right now I think you'd see Nick Harbour and Omega Blake and Elijah Caldwell as potential starting wide receivers next year. And, and I think the coaches are excited about that opportunity. They, they have better guys in front of them right now, but it doesn't mean they're bad. Uh, Tyshawn Russell has turned some heads. He's, um, he's really slippery. He's a guy that can really, he can really move, and he's um, – you know, going to be a good, good, good wide receiver for South Carolina, I think. Landon Sampson, I know everyone wants to know what's going on with Landon Sampson. He's, he's still, you know, pushing through, being an early, um, being a, being early in his career and being a younger guy. He, he still catches everything, but you know, he needs to add some weight. He needs to get a little bit stronger, and he knows that. And I'm not saying anything that he doesn't know. Um, and he's going to be, he's going to be a good player in time. But you know, a lot of times this stuff doesn't happen overnight. And when you've got good players in front of you, you know, you gotta you gotta sometimes just wait your turn. Uh Eric Rice and Peyton Mangrum, I think you're gonna see them and and splash them in this year. I don't think they're gonna play a major role. Um Kyla Corton is another guy who's making that adjustment to SEC football from playing, you know, seven man football before. Um he's a guy that can make some acrobatic catch catches. He's a lot like Omega Blake in that regard, where maybe it just takes a little bit more time. Xavier Short, um, still a guy with a lot of talent, catches everything that's thrown to him, but he's just buried behind some guys. He probably, probably, you know, just needs some more time. Um, Kelton Henderson, really fast. Another, another kid that just needs some time. Um, you know, I don't have much worry about the wide receiver room going forward. I'll put it that way. I think that, you know, just let these kids develop, let them grow, and they're going to be really, really good. Um, I think in time, or at least good. I don't want to say really, really good. That, that's, that's misleading. But they're going to be good enough, I think. And there's going to be more players that come in that room, and we already have um, – gosh, I'm blanking on some of the recruits' names right now because it's not, it's not right in front of me. But um, the recruits they have coming in, Mazio Bennett, he's going to be a good, a good pass catcher. Um, got a lot of guys coming in that, that are going to help the Gamecocks. Um, tight end, Trey Knox, Joshua Simon – Talked a lot of a lot about them on this show recently. Uh, they're going to be big time contributors to this offense. Trey Knox is a guy that's very dependable. He can make every catch. He can run. He can move. Joshua Simon's probably a, a hair more athletic than Trey Knox, but you know Trey is just a, a mountain of a man. And with Gamecocks, Gamecocks inside the building think that they might have the best the best two tight ends in the conference, um, and that's not take anything away from George's kid. He's a great athlete, great tight end, Blake Bowers. But, you know, as a unit, I think that South Carolina feels like they'd take their two tight ends against any other team in the conference, and, and that means the country. So if you're looking for a guy that can that can kind of fill in as um, – gosh, I'm blanking all kinds of stuff today um, – as a, as a Nate Atkins kind of clone, 
I'm not going to say it clone, but um, Florida transfer Reed Makiska, Maiska. Um, he's going to be a guy that does a lot of the Atkins stuff. He's kind of an inline tight end, can can get out, you know, catch those passes. He has the ability to go up and get it a little bit. He's just um, he's just behind other guys on on the depth chart right now, and those guys are going to be in the NFL. I mean, both the Trey Knox and Josh Simon are NFL guys, and that's what the coaches believe. So you got. Connor Cox is a true freshman. I think that he's going to have a bright future at South Carolina as well. The tight end position is going to be great this year. And then you have some guys that are younger like Reed and Connor. And then, you know, obviously uh, Michael, who's coming in next year as a tight end, and the freshman kid, and he's going to be good. Um, I know that overall the coaches feel good about the tight end room, but they, they'll, they'll take some more. Lastly, we'll talk a little bit about the offensive line. Um Offensive line and running back are just, on offense, the two biggest question marks that I have. Um, I, 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 I'll put it this way. I know that South Carolina kind of piecemealed together this offensive line with you know, taking some transfers, taking some walk-ons, um, had some injuries that, you know, an injury in the spring game that knocked out one of their starters. But we'll just go from left to right here. Uh, left tackle is either going to be Ja'Kai Moore or Jackson Hughes. Um Ja'Kai Moore was penciled in as the starting left tackle when fall camp opened, but Jackson Hughes has been really, really impressive, and I'm hearing more and more talk about him winning the starting left tackle job when the Gamecocks kick off against North Carolina, but I still think that Ja'Kai Moore will start somewhere on the offensive line, but if Jackson Jackson Hughes can take over that left tackle position, and, and look, if you go back and watch the Charlotte game, this past year, he shut Jordan Birch down. Like he's not your average walk-on. He was a a guy that was just playing at Charlotte. He was better than Charlotte, and to get him as a walk-on, I, I can't tell you how impressive that has been to see what he can do at South Carolina. And and we'll have to see what happens. You know, just as like you know, it's a little bit different Charlotte to South Carolina from Newberry to South Carolina, but it is you know increased competition and. And we'll see if Jackson holds on to it. But as of right now, I would pencil him in at left tackle. Um, if Jackson Hughes wins the left tackle position, then I feel very strongly that Ja'Kai Moore will slot in at left guard. Ja'Kai probably projects best as an interior offensive lineman anyway. And if Jackson Hughes takes that left tackle position and thrives, sliding Ja'Kai inside should help the offensive line from an overall standpoint and just make them a better unit in totality. So I'm hoping that Jackson... Hughes takes over left tackle. Jakai moves into left guard. And then at center, you're, center it's going to be Vershawn Lee. He's locked into the starting center position from what I've been told. And he's he's kind of transformed his body to an extent and gotten a lot stronger. And from what I've heard, um, the plan is for Vershawn Lee to man that center position. In a pinch, Nick Garugelo could could play center. But I think they want to keep Garugelo on, as a guard, You know, somebody that's on that interior of the line, you know, not having to worry about, um, you know, audibling and, and, and checking stuff. Just let him go maul people and be a guy that can really pave the way for to carry on Joiner and, and protect Spencer Spencer Rattler from, you know, a more important position along the line. Center's an important position, don't get me wrong, kind of the captain of the offensive line, but I think that they want to see um, what what Nick can do over at right guard. And and look, he's become one of the Nick's become one of the unquestioned leaders. Uh, he's going to play right guard, I think. I think he's poised for a big year. I know he's on some NFL draft boards, and and he's been a godsend from the transfer portal. He's a big and nasty. He knows how to play with strength from the offensive line. 
and he has the respect of his teammates. And, you know, right now we're talking about a left tackle and a right guard that are transfers. So just imagine without the transfer portal what this might look like for South Carolina this season, and I kind of don't want to. Um, you know, there's been there's, – there, I mean, there, don't get me wrong, there are some freshmen that are going to be really, really good in time, but, you know, right now they're just not there. Um, we'll talk about them in a little bit. So right guard, right guard I think it's going to be Nick Garugelo. Right tackle um, – Right now, Sidney Fugar, Tyshawn Wanamaker, and, and Kaysen Henry are all getting reps there at right tackle with the first team. And this is by far the toughest position to predict along the offensive line as it stands today. Um, Fugar has been really impressive over the summer and in fall practices. He's really picked up his game from, from the spring. And, and he's a guy that's known for his pass protection, being ahead of his run blocking, but he's a mountain of a man. And I know that Spencer would love to have more time in the pocket this year. Tyshawn Wanamaker, everybody knows Tyshawn Wanamaker. He's been playing offensive line for the Gamecocks for a while, been a mainstay in the offensive line for a few years now. And he can certainly play tackle or guard, but he's a guy that will be in the rotation, kind of be a next man up for sure if he doesn't win the right tackle spot. And then and then Kaysen Henry is a guy that I've been told not to sleep on. Uh, he's He's still young. But the coaches really do like his game. He's got some nastiness to him. And he's a guy that I know that we're all excited about the offensive line recruiting, you know, this this recruiting class and the last recruiting class. But just don't sleep on Case and Henry because he's not going to go away without a fight. Um, looking through here, I just want to look at some other offensive linemen. I just pulled up the roster. Uh, Big Tree Bal- Babalade. Um, Tree Babalade, he's – um. He's a guy that could play this year. Um, I think that he's been taking some reps at left tackle. He's another huge human being. Uh, he's a guy that has a bright future at South Carolina. I really am excited about him. I don't expect to see Jalen Nichols play, even though the coaches are kind of talking about Jalen Nichols maybe coming back towards the end of the year. But I think that would just be an aggressive turnaround for an injury like that. And we'll have to see what happens if, if Jalen comes back for another year, if he gets a medical red shirt, whatever. But um, – Marky Anderson, a freshman, he's going to be an offensive guard at this level. Um, six foot four, three hundred pounds. I mean, it's it really is a blessing disguise to have like Nick Garugelo here because otherwise you might see Marky Anderson having to play as a true freshman, and that's just one position you really don't want true freshmen to have to play is the offensive line. Um, you got some other guys in here. Um, you know, no one I really want to spend a lot of time about. You know, Trey Jones has done some stuff in the past. He's has an opportunity to to play to play some meaningful snaps this year. Uh, Trevon Bow, um, he's a guy that a lot of people really like. Um, I think that he has a bright future ahead of him. And the offensive line, just I think they're going to be good enough this year. Um, kind of like running back, you know, I think that they will be good enough. I can't sit here and say that I think that they're going to be a strength of the team without seeing it, but. I'm not that worried. I think that the scheme is does a lot more to kind of protect these offensive linemen than what you've seen in the past out of South Carolina. So excited about it. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's definitely kind of piecemeal together. Uh, we'll see what happens with the offensive line. But like I said, offensive line is a tough, it's a tough position to play in the SEC. I mean, SEC has the best defensive lines in the country. And just telling you, it's it's not easy. So don't get down on the offensive line. You know, I don't think they're going to have too big of issue against North Carolina. Obviously, I think Furman, they'll be able to handle Furman. And then Georgia's going to be a test for them. 
Um, we'll see what happens against North Carolina. We'll have an opportunity to true some stuff up, find some maybe some rotations against Furman, and then all hands on deck for uh, the Georgia game because Georgia is going to pin their ears back and they're going to be coming after Spencer Rattler. They know they know what Spencer can do if, if, if Spencer's given time. So don't want to go too far into the schedule. Um, we're going to talk about North Carolina you know, next week on the show. We're going to break down the defense just like I broke down the offense um, on this episode and then – We'll do some some season predictions. You know, we'll we'll kind of we'll go team by team, and we'll kind of figure out what we want to say about each one of them, and you know what how I think the Gamecocks can fare. And you know, I really like to go game by game more than I like to go entire season predictions. I think that you know, trying to predict the top twenty five bowl games, um, season you know win loss records is kind of a, a fool's errand this time of year. But it's always fun to at least put something on the record and put something out there and see what happens. So we'll definitely do that. If you guys have any questions for me, as always, you can reach me at latenightgamecockshow at gmail.com. And if there's um, anything I can do for you guys, let me know. Um, I will not be at the North Carolina um, Carolina Rise tailgate event. Just have some family stuff. Won't be able to go to the North Carolina game this year. But I should be at the Furman game. So if you guys want to meet up, let me know. I'll be around the stadium. I uh, would love to love to catch up with some some listeners. Love to catch up with some folks from the message board, and you know all my favorite um, Gamecock friends and family will be out there as well. So that's all that's all I have for this episode. I, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you giving me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time. As always, you can reach me at late night Gamecock Show at gmail dot com, or you can get to me on the message boards under the username Matt Anderson. Just you know. Pin a thread, post a thread, send me a direct message. I'm here for you guys, and and I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I hope that you guys stay cool. It's really hot outside, and you know, good news. Saturday, Saturday, there's some real football. It's kind of week zero, so we're gonna have opportunity to watch real real live college football. And then I'm um, a week from Saturday. Gamecocks will kick off Saturday night in Charlotte against North Carolina, and can't can't wait for that. So I will talk to you guys soon. Hope you have a great weekend, and. Um, Like I said, talk to you soon. I'm running out of things to say at the end here. All right, guys, have a good one. Bye.